Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is the Monday Mashup, the flagship show on the upper tier over there on YouTube. Head over there, drop a subscribe and hit that bell notification button to be notified whenever we drop new content. Joining me tonight for the show, plenty to get through and talk about. Mark, how are we? Our resident referee. How's it going, lads? Thanks for having me on again. No complaints about the refereeing over the weekend, for sure, but we will get into some conversation. Darren, how are we? I'm all right, Niall. How are you? It's not too bad at all. It was a good, I had a good weekend now, in fairness, you know, as you do. You Bet know, you did, yeah. <laughs> yes, I did, Anyway, let's begin. Let's have a quick rundown through the FA Cup results. And nowhere else to start for you two boys, but Friday night, 1-1 against Middlesbrough, going out on penalties. Um, Alanga unlucky with the last penalty, not to pin it on that boy at all. Bravery to step up and take it under those circumstances, especially with some seasoned veterans still standing on the pitch who could have stepped up, but they sent the boy forward. So no uh, blame on his shoulders at all and fair play to him. Mark? Yeah, uh, for me, the game should have been out of sight in the first half. The amount of chances we had, um, obviously Sancho hitting the bar and then he scored with the deflection. Um, Second half, yeah, Middlesbrough, Listen, they they rolled their luck. They took their chance. You know, they, they kept in the game. So you have to applaud them for that. And um, I got a good few people texting me about the handball. But for me, he didn't control the ball with his hand. It bounced up and hit off his hand. And the law states that if he if that happens, if it's an accidental handball or he hasn't controlled the ball with his hand and he passes it on and someone scores, it's a goal. But if he actually scores from that, it's disallowed which I don't agree with. It's either one or the other. It can't be, do you know what I mean? You, you can't you can't have one rule for one and, and one for another. It has to be it has to be the same. And I can see where people were getting confused. Some of the former players are straight on Twitter and stuff like that saying, oh, it was a definite handball. But in the, in the words I like to use, in the opinion of the referee, it was an accidental handball, which is obviously the main thing. So, which is um, the which is the only opinion that matters at the end of the day. That's it. That's it. But um, but it's one of those grey areas again where the law, this law, was only changed like twelve months ago. So yeah. not a lot of people know about it, and it's again, like I say, it's one of these grey areas that it confuses fans and ex players and current players because you obviously see McGuire and the wrestling running over to the referee claiming it was a handball, but um, unfortunately for us, it, it wasn't. Darren? Yeah, I, I agree with Mark. I think when you give, when you make a decision subjective, that's where you're going to have problems. Um, it's got to be black or white. Mm. And it's not. And that's where confusion's going to rule, basically. Um, again, this game should have been dead and buried by the time Newcastle, or by the time Middlesbrough got their goal. Yeah. You know, um, we'd more than enough chances to win two or three games. Um, Bruno obviously Sancho hit the bar Ronaldo missing the penalty there was attempts on target with headers Rashford um, Mike Tom- there was so many opportunities for this game to be dead and buried and this has been a problem with United of, of recent times um, I don't know whether if it's a lack of confidence or not because we seem to be creating the, the chances mm. they just don't seem to be you know putting the ball in the actual back of the net um, it could be a confidence thing but I think, you know, as a whole, I can't really complain about the performance other than failing to score. Like, we didn't go out. We weren't battered, you know. Um, they did score with one of our very few attacks in the game. 
and um, we control the game. Ralph talks about controlling the game. We control the game, mm. you know. And if the guys take chances by half time, he's able to make a couple of changes there because there's no way Middlesbrough are getting into the game at three down at Old Trafford. You know, yeah, I think they were saying in 90 minutes, Middlesbrough had two real attacks, if you like, scored you off know, one of them and missed off. with the other one, you know. But yeah, United you know. had so many chances. Yeah. Sure, it was like that the weekend. Middlesbrough playing Coventry last weekend. Coventry absolutely dominated the first half, didn't score. Middlesbrough scored early in the second half and just kept the one they lead. So Saw the game out and that was it, like, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. All right, we will talk about Man United later in the show. So I think uh, there's do a we lot have of... to. Well, it's I think not well, well, it's not oh, well, well, you guys will talk about it. I'll give a flavour of an opinion, but I think I think <laughs> some of the things we talk about later on in the show. No, no, I think some of the things we talk about later on the show might allude to what Darren's talking about there. That there's a little bit of upheaval, confidence, and all that kind of stuff going on at the moment. You know, and um, when we look at Chelsea, Chelsea two one against Plymouth Argyle, they they, they kind of struggled. Um, made hard work of this um, more the likes of Lukaku and that just not doing the business at all and then they headed off as we know to the, the FIFA World Club Cup um, but made hard work of it same with West Ham um, mm. last ditch goal to keep the minute and then running out winners 2-1 against Kidderminster Harriers um, Declan Rice getting the equaliser at the death um, I have to oh, say his celebration was brilliant I don't know if I've seen that's Michael Jackson celebration that he does it's absolutely quality um, and the fans were loving it that's why um, we're doing that in the courts now for the next few weeks that's it yeah Palace uh, Palace um, 2-0 against Hartlepool again you know struggled really you know against this opposition Darren Huddersfield beat Barnsley 1-0 we did call it um, we didn't necessarily think it might be this tight um, you had mentioned that you thought it might be a little bit tighter than I thought but um, yeah, one nil. Um, Peterborough beating QPR two nil, um, was an interesting result in it. Yeah. And Southampton running out two one winners against Coventry, again making tough work of it at times. Um, Everton four one against Brentford, which was one of the few results at the weekend where a team didn't look like rusty as hell from the two week break. Mm-hmm. Um, Stoke beat Wigan two nil. City ran out 4-1 winners against Fulham. Um, the boy Carvalho that Liverpool are planning on signing got his goal, looked really, really good, even though he lost 4-1. Um, one of the shocks for me was Norwich beating uh, Wolves, going down to Norwich 1-0. I thought Wolves would have given a better account of themselves. I didn't expect Norwich to pick that one up. And Cambridge losing at home to Luton 3-0. Tottenham winning 3-1 against Brighton, which again, I thought Brighton would have given a, a better account mm-hmm. of themselves. And then we went into Sunday, Liverpool 3-1 against Cardiff. Harvey Elliott back, getting a banger of a goal. Diaz with an assist. Um, Minamino with a goal. And Jota, of course, with a goal. Great ball in from Trent. Lovely header to start the scoring off. Did you Again, see the video, Noel, of uh, Harvey Elliott's dad? I the, did, yeah. The crowd. It was very it good. Was brilliant, yeah, yeah. Really, really good, yeah. Um, but again, Liverpool, I mean, flattered to deceive in the first half. Made hard work of it and had to come out in the second half and put on the show. I, I thought you were lucky. I thought that was a penalty. Canate, like I, I was talking to one of the lads yesterday, if it's outside the box, it's a free kick. And he said, ah, it, was, it would have been a soft penalty. He said, there's no soft penalty. It's either a penalty or it's not a penalty. He did. He did go down very easy, though, didn't he? But I could see if it was given, why it would be given. Yeah, what what yeah. did you make of Kelleher? Uh, personally, I thought it was a red card and not because he was the, uh, denying a goal-scoring opportunity. Um, I thought it was a dangerous tackle. He wasn't in control of the tackle. Um, it was quite high, shown. It was quite high, wasn't yeah. it? 
And then they were saying about being, you know, denying a goal for an opportunity. The way the player flicked it by him, it was like it was going into the corner. So I don't necessarily, I wouldn't give him the red for that. For me, it was a dangerous challenge. So that's why I would have given the red card. Cool. Um, Forrest slapping up Rogers again, 4-1. The holders going out. Really bad result. But me and Darren called it on the preview. We said that we really fancied Forrest to do this, that uh, Leicester are in such indifferent form at the yeah. moment. Rogers under pressure there, calling out players and all um, in public and stuff like that. Not a and good place to be. Big shout out to the kid. I've mentioned him three or four times the last few weeks, Brennan Johnson. Mm-hmm. And uh, at Forrest is going to be a baller. Got in the mm-hmm. score sheet. Uh, there's a lot of Premier League sharks circling. Uh, not Forrest here. This kid won't be there any longer than the, the summer. Um, he'll be 15 million all day long. Another one of those championship bargains. He'll go to a side, a Palace, a West Ham, and Newcastle, and he'll be a very, very good footballer. Yeah. This kid. And that da- dazzler there, mate, James Garner, another fantastic performance from him yeah. again. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's, he's very, very good. He's, he's talking about, um, they're talking about him coming back next season and, and, and possibly getting a foothold in the squad. Mm. You know, he's had two good years in that championship to kind yeah. of. To, to battle harden himself a little bit, isn't he? And he, he's got so much quality on the ball. Yeah. And against two Premier League sides, Arsenal and Leicester, mm. didn't look out of place at all. Looked no, very absolutely. good. Um, yeah. And then we finished it out then with Bournemouth nil. Boreham Wood won one of the big upsets of the weekend. Um, yeah. But yeah, but a great result. So we went into the we went into the fifth round draw and Darren, we won't dwell on it too much because we'll be doing a preview for the fifth round draw anyway. As hard as it'll be on you, Darren, now that you don't have a card in the game, but we'll still put out a preview, no doubt about it. So we start off Luton. I'm gonna be a forest fan for the rest of it. That's okay. <laughs> Jimmy Gardner on the jersey. <laughs> so we start off Luton versus Chelsea, Palace versus Stoke. Peterborough United, the mighty Peterborough United versus Man City. Uh, Liverpool versus Norwich. Uh, Southampton versus West Ham. Middlesbrough versus Tottenham. Nottingham Forest, who no one will want to draw at the moment, versus Huddersfield. And Everton versus the great Boreham Wood. Um, Interesting draw, all the same. Did you you see the the Boreham Wood chairman? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Del boy with a beard, right? Yeah, yeah. This is this is the romance of the cup, isn't it? This is when we talk about the romance of the cup. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the day the day after they got through the last rounds, he was interviewed quite early on Sky Sports, and he was standing on the pitch with the manager, and he was clutching a cup of coffee, yeah, very hard, and I just looked and thought, this guy's been absolutely up all night, yeah. and again. The shakes and everything, the sweat standing there, and I just thought, this uh, is what you want to yeah, see. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say right. if you were standing close to him, you could smell the whiskey off the sweat. I'd say, absolutely, brilliant. Brilliant. Well, it was brilliant. It really was, you know. And it's Even great, the- that, and it's great they're after Goodison for a payday as well. So it's yeah. awesome, isn't it? Shame they don't get to go to a decent ground, don't it? Look, every ticket, every ticket sells at a price, regardless of what the ground looks like. They might switch it to Akron and Stanley's ground just for that game. Over the tram, mate. Probably in bad condition in Goodison. <laughs> it is too right. I was just no, bro, I was just 
I was just going to say, did you see the picture leaving of uh, Kenny Minister Harrier's uh, manager having a drink David with David Moyes, Moyes after his class, isn't it? Like, yeah. Brilliant. Like, that, they're the type of scenes you like to see in the FA Cup, and that's the magic of it, isn't it? I don't know whether well, that drink I, I don't know whether that drink would have happened if that Declan Royce goal hadn't have happened. That might have been a different story. That's, he would have been <laughs> on his I own. Think, I think with Moyes, win, lose, or draw, he'd have been in there. Yeah, yeah, he's a yeah, decent I'd say so, yeah, absolutely. He is, yeah, he is, yeah, definitely. Yeah, let's let's get into the hot topics then, and let's start. Now let's get this one out of the way. Don't be that. Look, look, these are topics that have to be spoke about just because you're wearing the red and black. Let's get the elephant out of the room, Noel. You don't like Man United. Big shock. Come on, let's hear that's, it. That's not the case at all. Listen, let's go. It's self-inflicted. What's going on there at the moment? Don't on, don't Will. pin let's this go. on me. Welcome yes, to the ABU sessions. Right. So the first the first hot topic I have is. Man United, a total mess, and it's a discussionary topic. Um, some stuff been coming out this week, obviously. Um, the stuff with Lingard, um, and this stuff with John Murta, um, getting involved in that Lingard situation and kind of not reflecting well on Ralph. Um, he being a little bit exposed in terms of, let's say that the the the. Puzzle the the puzzle pieces aren't really matching the jigsaw at the moment. Then of course there's been a lot of upheaval. Of course we're not going to get into obviously the Mason Greenwood situation, but it has caused a bit of a rift there in terms of supporting and not supporting and what might happen and lads unfollowing and then refollowing and information that might come out and and the talk is that uh, I think he has till this day week, isn't it? Next Monday, and then they have to make a decision in terms of inserting them back in the squad are taking them out of the situation. And we hear today that Nike have dropped the contract officially now, not just suspended it. Um, but there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment, isn't there? And there's a lot of rift and a lot of talk and um, just a lot of upheaval for them to deal with, lads, isn't it? Well, I don't think so. No? I think, listen, you've got, you've got the Greenwood thing. Absolutely. I think after that, you're always going to have players who aren't happy when they're not playing games. I think it's how you manage that situation. I think the situation is going to get easier at United because the pool isn't so big now. Mm. I think Ralph's obviously decided who he wants to be part of the squad and who he doesn't want to have part of the squad. And the line has been drawn now. So if you're in the squad, well and good. If you're not, you're at Everton or you're at, you know, not Forest or wherever you are. So like, I mean, it, this stands back from the or from the from the result on Friday night. You know, if United go ahead and steamroll Middlesbrough on Friday night, do we even mention this? A lot of the talk goes away, doesn't? Yeah, right. So, and and when we talk about it, like again, we did steamroll Middlesbrough. The only thing that didn't happen was we didn't put the ball in the back of the net. So, like I've got to say, I think it's a lot to do about nothing. If I'm honest, um, I think the performance was good on Friday night. We didn't score the goals we we needed to get over the game. And obviously, when you lose a game at home to a team that's lower down, but don't forget, you know, we've lost games like that in the past. You know, we've been beaten by Derby on penalties. We've been beaten by Middlesbrough. We've been knocked out by Leeds. York City have tumbled us over. So we've had days like that. You know, they aren't always at their very best in cup competitions, especially in the domestic ones. You know, yes, we've won a lot of, a lot of cup competitions, but at times they use it as a, you know, as, 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 you know, almost like a practice game that they're getting fellas minutes on the pitch and they're getting guys games who need games rather than going out and putting their best 11 out and trying to win the game. 
you know, and, and although it was a very good team we had out on Friday night, that's certainly not the excuse from this end. I mean, there was more than enough out there in the pitch to, to turn Middlesbrough over. You don't take your chances and all of a sudden, somebody's got to win. Now, if that's a league game and it's a draw, again, you don't have as much, uh, a, a much as much talk about it. But because obviously the game goes to extra time and then you go to the lottery of penalties, you know, you can lose, anyone can lose to anybody playing penalties. That's, that's just the way, that's the nature of the beast, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I certainly, I'm certainly not not worried about what's going on at the minute with the issue with Greenwood. That has to be resolved. I mean, looking at the squad and, and and the way it is for the rest of the season, I'm happy enough to say, you know, we've 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 got an opportunity here to maybe go a stage or two further at Europe and see how things progress. And we still got to, you know, we still have our hat in the ring for this top four position, which is very very important for us. After that, it'll all be about trying to get the right man in for the job. Uh, and making the changes that we need to make in the summer from a personnel point of view. Yeah, I still think, though, getting that right man in from the job, I think it would have been important to potentially maybe, I'm not saying you would have gone on and won the FA Cup potentially, but you could. Um, And I think it would have been important in terms of going into next season, in terms of the transfer window and bringing in the right manager. It might be a little bit easier if you went in having a bit of silverware. But I do think, Mark, it, it is kind of a little bit weird, isn't it, when you think about the players that have been moved out left you like a little bit exposed and then you're going into a cup game and like you have you have um, Cavani turning around going I'd like four days off you have Lingard where you have a guy above Ranić turning around and going oh he needs time off for his headspace you've got Ranić turning around going I wanted him to go then the board wouldn't let him go then the board are giving them time off I didn't sanction time off, but yeah, he had to go with the story. And then Lingard comes out and goes, I don't need any time off my headspace. I'm ready to play for Man United. So it has to be a little bit disabling when you have this kind of stuff coming out. Yeah, well, firstly, that wouldn't have never happened under Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, But I can actually, from from a Lingard point of view, I can see where his frustrations are. Obviously, like two or three weeks ago, Ralph has sat down in his office and said, right, we're going to send you out on loan. Um, then what unfolded with Mason Greenwood, it didn't happen. So he said, listen, you're staying here. We're not going to be sending you out. And then the first match after the window closes, he's not involved in the squad. So he wanted to leave to get minutes. He's told, no, you're going to stay here. Like, there's an ideal thing on Friday night against Middlesbrough. When Matta comes on, he, Jesse Lingard would have came on at that stage. Do you know what I mean? Or even before that. Um, so there, there is like that was a bit of a, a debacle but like listen stuff like that happens at football clubs not just Manchester United um, the whole Cavani thing yeah listen he was playing over in South America and then I'm hearing today I don't know how true or not it is Tellez and Fred have COVID or something COVID, like that yeah. do they yeah, yeah. so yeah. but again listen this, this happens to every team so it's not just us so, but it, it just seems like it's more of an issue because of what, like like Darren said, because we were beaten on Friday night. But um, I, I, I can see, it's, listen, it's going to be a tough game against Burnley tomorrow night, but you'd be hoping that you'll see a bit of fight, a bit of grit, and hopefully we can get three points in and kind of shut the, shut the reporters and, and everyone else up, you know. Yeah, it's a vital game, absolute vital game. And especially when you're looking, I mean, like a front line of Ronaldo, Cavani and Mohamed, that's 104 apparently is the combined age. You know, that's Zimmer frame FC kind of stuff, really. You know, it's like mean? this so, panel here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Darren will probably say more of what's above him than below him. <laughs> Who knows? Um, we also spoke, we spoke about Leicester already crashing out of the cup and Rogers obviously coming out under pressure and you know 
targeting the players in public and stuff like that, going on yeah. about performances and stuff like that. Well, he didn't name individual players, but he said he went in hard on the players in terms of effort and commitment and all this kind of stuff. And he's really getting to a stage now. I wonder, is it getting really, really close to him moving at this stage? I think he really believes at this stage he has taken it as far as he can take Leicester. Um, Darren, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like everything looked rosy in the garden, didn't it? Yeah. Um, they they obviously picked up the FA Cup last year, fell away just towards the end, and just missed out on the Champions League spots. Um, couple of good signings in the summer, and I think everything kind of hasn't just bedded in for him yet this year. He hasn't found the blend between new and old, and but I think that's not. Um, that's not unheard of. Like, you know, we've seen it at times where, where players have come in and, and they've needed a season or so to kind of get up to speed and stuff like that. Um, I still think the boy for fan is a massive miss for them at the back. You know, he was he was an ever present present. He was um he was their rock at the back, really, wasn't he? Alongside Johnny Evans. And mm. Johnny absolutely looks a year older at this stage, doesn't he? Um, not having those young legs beside him. He's had a couple of different partners. They've they've tried even the boy Daniel Amarty, who's a centre midfielder, has played centre half quite a few times. And I mean, the guy's putting in a bit of effort, but he's not a centre back. His positional sense is awful. He's not big enough to win headers. Like it's just it's awkward looking. It's a square peg in a round hole. And mm-hmm. um, they they bought the boy Vestergaard, and then it looks like he bought him and went, You're not what I what I bought. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I bought something and you're not it. I bought from Wish. And I got, you know, Vestergaard Shadow or something because they paid like decent money for him. And he hasn't had the run in the team. Um, so you and it's all stemming, it's all coming through that kind of that soft center at the back, isn't it? And the spine of the team doesn't seem to have the solidity that it has over the last few years. Even, you know, somebody that we mentioned before is a really, really big player for, for Leicester, Wilfred and Didi. He hasn't been himself this year between injuries and COVID and AFCON, you know, so he's found it hard to get a run of games in the team. I think Leicester, to be honest with you, need to get bodies on the pitch and get a run of games without kind of chopping and changing too much. You know, like there's, there's some very, very good footballers there. I think week to week, I don't actually have a Leicester player in my fantasy football team because they've done that much change in this season. You don't know who's going to play. Yeah. That's going to affect performances. You know, it really, really is. Um, and I think they need to get bodies on the pitch and start churning out the same team for five, six games and let's start seeing them build, you know, because we know they can. We know Rodgers is, is a good manager and we know what they have in the squad. You know, there's quality there. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Darren. I just think they, they've been unlucky with injuries. They haven't got a, a run of the same 11 to play which is vital is absolutely vital in the season to do that I don't and because of that I don't think Vardy has hit form when Vardy doesn't you're missing a good 20 goals a season now of him I know Iniacho's come in and Daka scored as well but you need Vardy because he's been on the bench a good few times but you need him com- fully confident scoring goals and like Darren was saying it comes from the back as well um, but, but then you look at it as well thinking, right, are they kind of a victim of their own success? Because people think they should be at a certain level and they're not. And maybe this is their level, you know, that's a boy. That's what I think. I, I could be wrong. But I think like to I said, 
Yeah, I think to a point, but I think he's been supported heavily there, hasn't he? And he's been given the money to bring in players and yeah. stuff like that. And he'll always, now, I, because I, they're good I, owners. They are yeah. good owners. And I accept, Aaron, like... I accept Aaron's point about the upheaval at the back. And, you know, Evans went there with injured. Sionchi went there with yeah. injured. Losing for Fana and stuff like that and all. I think, I think they're big players for them. And as you said, sometimes when they come back off those injuries, they don't come back necessarily the player that they are. Because mm-hmm. I know looking at Sionchu, who I would have regarded as a really good defender, has yeah. come back and at times he has looked absolutely abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the talk, like the looks of Tillemans coming out and talking about how he wants out and he's not happy and all. And I'm sure Vardy as well isn't happy being involved. I mean, he's been Mr. Leicester for how many years at this stage? And now he's been rotated, which I'm sure he's probably not happy about at all. Mm-hmm. Without being vocal about it, because I know he gets on with it as a professional. But I'm sure if Rogers does leave, I'm sure there'll be lads coming down and talking saying, you know, you know, why would you be rotating Jamie Vardy? It's not like when he's playing, he looks tired. Now, maybe he's aging a little bit in terms of the Premier League and the, that yeah. kind of thing. But you know, he's still going to crop up. He's going to get you a goal. You know what I mean? He's that player, you know? Um, but remains to be saying, but I think it's... um, He, he is, but you've got to prepare for life after Jamie Vardy as well. Mm. And what you don't want is... You don't want to have Jamie Vardy going down a you know a slippery slope. You cutting the apron strings and having nothing to come behind because you didn't manage to blood players and get them into the team early enough and get them game time with mm. the players around them. Like the yeah. boy Pats and Daka at times has looked unbelievable, yeah. as has Ganacho. But oh, have- oh, Pats and Daka, he's not a Jamie Vardy type player in terms of the way Leicester plays. He's a very different player, isn't he? And no, he's not very, very different. I wouldn't have said like he likes to play on the shoulder the way Vardy does. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, mm. Um, like I, I think he's a he's he's obviously younger. You know, he's got legs in him. Technically, for me, I would say he's better than Vardy. Um, as I would Iconacho, mm. but maybe they're not at the level of, you know, nous and know how. You know, I think Vardy's just he's just got so much under his belt. Clever. He's clever. Mm, and yeah. I think, again, that's something that guys are going to be looking at in training sessions and thinking, Jesus, this guy's just able to churn these out, you know, and, and maybe it's not something that they can do just yet. But I think it's not a bad thing what he's trying to do. I mean, you know, if, if Vardy was out of the team for any time, who would they go to? So they've got to make sure that the lads are, are, are able to play in this system. They're up to a level of standard performance before that happens, you know, and I can't really fault Rogers for that. And, and and you've got the fact that they were fighting on, you know, an extra front this year with Europe. Yeah, like Mark said, maybe you are a victim of your own success and maybe, Absolutely. maybe you're not I, built I for that. I always, you know? always, always say for, you know, the likes of a West Ham, a Leicester, a Wolves, they'd be better off missing out on the Thursday nights yeah. because the upheaval that brings them in their league performances mm. and, and the added depth that's needed in a squad, you know, it always it guides us every week on our beat the bookie shows. You know, every we do the week. beat the bookie shows. We talk so, about it every week. I mean, if if, yeah. if two no hopers like me and you can see this happening, you know what what's it got? To, what's what what do clubs see here? Like the step from from league to Europa League, and then from Europa League to Champions League. It's monumental. It really is. And you've seen good football teams go into Champions League and just not have that European style. And maybe the pace of play was different and they're, you know, they're gassing out early and they're being picked off by better tactical teams. Like, you've got to be really, really clever about this. And I just think at times, teams want too much too soon. And, and I think, as Mark said, they're a victim of their own success. Yeah. Interesting. Um, AFCON finished. Final. Senegal run out winners. 
Darren, we did say <laughs> we expected a little bit more out of the final, but God, it was it was um again a tough watch, wasn't it? Really, I may have lost a substantial amount of money on the game last night. Oh, uh, I backed Senegal um, to win the game, mm. um, and I, yeah, I put a, a little a, a, and should have and should have and, and I mean. I watched the game and obviously my missus knew there was something going wrong because of all the noise it was making from the back room. And she wanted <laughs> why those things were getting smashed. And and I just had to say, and when she came in, she says, everything all right? I said, no. I said, this fucking Egyptian goalkeeper is man of the match. I said, like, this this isn't supposed to happen. Um, and he was. He was very, very good. But I mean, if you're Senegal, that game should be, again, over a half time. Like, the, how the, many chances? The golf and talent throughout both teams was unbelievable, really, wasn't it? But like yeah. when you look at the Egyptian side, it was really the goalkeeper. Uh, for our Arsenal viewers, I'm going to put El Nenny in there and then Mo Salah. And that's really it. Like there isn't a whole lot else there, really. No disrespect to them. But Mo Salah at the end of the tournament last night, I know he was distraught, obviously, at not winning and stuff like that. But he looked absolutely knackered like he had had the month from hell. Yeah. Um, on, on the flip side, Senegal. Playing on those pitches. Oh. I'd imagine the one, the one from hell. Yeah. I'd their muscles are in shreds. Yeah. So after. going back 30 years playing on them pitches, isn't it? Like, mm. and, and they were, they were so heavy in spots. You know, I, I've seen lads doing knee slides and the, the turf was hacking up in front of them and you're just thinking, what that, what yeah. must that be like to run on? It was yeah. like some lad running along with a road of either and the muck coming up out of it and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought when they were doing the knee slides, they weren't going to stop until they hit the car park. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but um, Senegal obviously with a lot of quality in their side. I mean, sprinkled with Premier League quality. But I noticed with the exception of one player last night, all the other players are playing at high-level leagues throughout Europe and stuff like that and it kind of I know it went to a penalty shootout and I know as we know a penalty is a lottery shootout really um, but I, I think on the face of it and obviously I'm a Liverpool fan but I think the right team won the tournament in terms of Senegal first time winning it obviously yeah. and then a little bit of controversy today where they put a few Liverpool fans noses out of joint I don't know why I don't know why they feed into it but uh, Mane came out and said his biggest achievement in football was winning the AFCON and uh, Liverpool fans got a little bit upset today going you won a Champions League and a Premier League with us what are you talking about but this is this is historic for those guys we don't understand we're not no. from Senegal or Egypt Absolutely. or Africa so we can't understand what this means to these guys you know what I mean and it's not like Liverpool fans to give out about something is it sorry go ahead Darren I don't know, and, and I would imagine when you're a kid in Senegal, whether it's whether you're whether you're going to play for Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, mm. that's a means to an end mm. for for you. You know, lifting those trophies are wonderful, but I think you know when when they haven't lifted an Afcon before, to go down as the first team to lift it to score the winning penalty, you know, I would absolutely expect them to turn around and say it's the biggest achievement he's has in football. Um, and, and I don't think it would have been a, a snide on Liverpool. I just think that's the way he would have felt about it, you know. I think if he'd have been, you know, if he, if things hadn't have gone that way, he'd been playing still with Southampton or, or you know, headed to Holland or, or Belgium or somewhere like that. And he was still a very, very good player. He'd still regard as that. So it's nothing on what he's done at Liverpool. It's just 
this was big for his yeah, country. And you know what the you know what the country means to him. You probably know yourself, and all the amount of money money comes into the country, building yeah. hospitals, doing this and the other. And then you see the scenes on Sky Sports News of the bus arriving, and thousands and thousands are there. And I thought it was brilliant, like you know. Yeah. So I thought well, I, I, I wasn't for him and Acon, they wouldn't even have a hospital. <laughs> well, I am. I, um, I, I turned around today to Liverpool fans on Twitter and I said, you know what, you should be bigging him up about this, what he's saying, because we want Mane to come back really happy, really positive, raring to go for the final stretch in the season. We don't want him coming back thinking we're not happy at what he said about trophies. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like Liverpool can put a an Afghan trophy into their trophy cabinet anyway, so it doesn't make any difference really. But I thought I, I thought it was a, it was fitting that Senegal won, won. I think if Egypt had a won, I wouldn't necessarily have been overly upset because of Mo Salah, but I think it would might have been, been a robbery. Huh? Would have been great if they'd have won in ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> You're just saying. Um, obviously Chelsea are off to the the FIFA World Club Cup. Um, being hosted in the UAE. Um, I think they're in action on Wednesday, as far as now. Uh, I did a preview show with Ian last night on it. So if you want to go over there and check that out, it's up there on the on the channel. Uh, on E4, won't... isn't it, the match? Uh, which? It's on E4. I've seen an ad for it on E4. I haven't got a clue. The World Club. Yeah. It, could, it could be, yeah. It could I be. But that was uh, weird. It's just, it's, it's this, uh, the interesting thing is, like, they bring seven teams yeah. So it's a kind of a contrived draw and everything and all, you know what I mean? So it's 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 a bit weird. Who brings seven teams to a tournament? Why not eight? It's not like who oh, can yeah. fuck this stuff up. Yeah, yeah. It's not like FIFA to be organizing these things. Well, they should have just brought City. If they needed an extra team, just bring City who were the runners up or something, you know what I mean? Who knows? Um little bit of a little bit more distaste today coming out, boys, from um a uh, former Arsenal star, Mark Overmars, um, who's regarded as one of the, the best directors of football around Europe at the moment, uh, quit his Ajax role today after sending inappropriate messages to women, as reported by Football London today. Um, more and more of this stuff seems to be coming out, doesn't it? And obviously, when you open up the gates of this stuff, more and more we're hearing about stuff about Avram Grant and various people like that, and it's just... You know, the Mendy situation at City and, you know, I know Basuma at the moment as well has stuff hanging over him that has to be resolved and all. And uh, it's just there's more and more of this stuff sort of coming out, isn't it? Leaves a bit of a, a bad taste, really, doesn't it? I will say, any hackers out there, please don't go on to the upper tier WhatsApp group. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because you'd be wasting your time. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, 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 never... I, Say inappropriate things on our WhatsApp groups. <laughs> but I just I I thought there was an interesting dynamic to this insofar as um he was allowed quit his role at Ajax and they sort of sent him off saying thank you for your service kind of thing and all this kind of thing. So he wasn't he wasn't a uh, you know brought up onto the gallows or anything like that. Let, let's let's have an unpopular opinion tonight with Darren, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. my unpopular opinion is stuff like this has a shelf life and it goes through cycles. And unfortunately for Mark Overmars, he's been caught in this cycle that we're going through now. And mm. um, I think if it was 10 years ago, he'd still be in his job. I think in 10 years to come, he'd probably still be in his job. But unfortunately, with the way things are at the minute and the environment and, and obviously, 
the things that have gone on and we know have gone on, and um, not just in football, but in, in the world. Worldwide, you know, yeah, of course. Worldwide and stuff like that. And 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 obviously that's added to this. And and anytime anybody makes any kind of a false move or step here, you're gonna be removed straight away. You know, the, you've got to be removed. Um, because brands, clubs, associations can't have the publicity that's tied to somebody who may be linked to. And that's yeah. just, you know what I mean? I think this will all come full circle and we'll probably find ourselves um, somewhere in the middle of where things are at the minute, that it's not overly sensitive, but we, we are being sensitive enough to people's needs and, and to their feelings and stuff like that. But I just think at the minute it's an absolute, it's a minefield for um, for anyone involved in, in any kind of, clubs and associations and things like that you know and, and even in day-to-day business it's, it's very very difficult for people you know yeah absolutely um let's move on then um chelsea could sell kante um to go into battle with man united to sign declan rice for 100 million football 365 was reporting this today um I was looking at this today, and I know we've already spoke about Declan Rice and stuff like that. And I, I think hundred million is just outrageous. I think it's absolutely outrageous. But I was looking at this today, and I was thinking, United could stay in this for a little while, let Chelsea blow their load on Declan Rice, and just swoop in there, and United could take Kante. And I was thinking that'd be kind of cool. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be too upset with that at all. You know what I mean? But I just think, I think if Chelsea come in for Declan Rice, I mean, what's your, what's your thinking on this? He'd probably go to Chelsea, wouldn't he? Or do you think he would go to if, United? If Listen, if I was a Chelsea fan, before I even think about selling Kante and getting Rice in, there's loads of other things you have to do. Sell Barkley, sell Drinkwater, send Saul back to bleeding Spain on the plane, sort out the Conor Gallagher situation. He's playing fantastic for Palace. Like, look, you, you, you can't loan him out again. You have to bring him into the squad, familiarise himself with the players around him. Mm. This is before you do that. And, they, and also Lukaku and Werner. Yeah, exactly. You have to sort yeah, out all these situations. Italian restaurant in London to bar Romelu Lukaku. Say again? <laughs> get every Italian restaurant <laughs> to bar Romelu Lukaku Ita- and get, and Italian- get him a six-year subscription to Slimming World. <laughs> the Italian restaurants are not the issue, Darren. It's the chippers. The it's chip. not the Italian restaurants. The Italian chippers. <laughs> but uh, that's what I'd be doing if before I even book. Like can't I? He's he's probably still the best player in that position in the not only in the league but probably in Europe. He's still thirty. He plays like he's twenty. He has an engine on him like no other. I you know it's a big big risk selling him like if they are I don't I can't see him going to another Premier League team as much as I'd love to have him on our team I can't see it happening. He's also a branding dream, isn't he? In terms of brands and stuff like that, he's a great guy to have out there in terms of branding and, and stuff. And, like and listen, off the pitch, he just gets his head down, he gets on with business, and that's it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll remain. It'll be interesting to see how it all evolves anyway, but it looks like... I'd be more than happy for United to absolutely blow their load on Declan Rice. Yeah. Interesting. Because he's yeah. only what? What age is he? 20... 23. 23, yeah, yeah. So, you know, listen, I think in the, in the long term, and you see figures being bandied about nowadays, I think 100 million would be a shrewd bit of business from our, our point of view. Here's another... Uh, Here's another unpopular opinion. Man United signing Declan Rice 
for for a British transfer record could be the equivalent of Man United signing Roy Kane for a British transfer record. That's how big it could be. Mm, except Roy Kane went into Man United surrounded by talent. Oh. And that's another unpopular opinion. There you go, there's just no the top thousands off. Huh? There's no talent in United squad. I'm talking midfield here. Void no, no. in midfield. Squads. Huh? No. He, who did he go in alongside? Well, you've McTominay there, you've Fred there. No, but who did King win alongside? When he went in first? Yeah. Sure, he was in. Wasn't he in beside Robson and all at one stage? No, he was in. We took Robson. He was place. injured. With Paul Ince. Here. Well, you're, in decent, you're in decent company there, aren't you? And then he got torfed out. United fans will give their right hand for a Paul Ince back there again. He played for a few lower league teams, didn't he? Towards the end. Ince? Yeah. So doesn't that happen with all players? <laughs> Inter Milan and then someone else. We're going to see a few of them playing out in the news shortly, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Paul Ince for that, the governor. Absolutely. Um, Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool legend Jamie Carragher um, came out today saying that uh, it was madness that Mo Salah didn't step up and take that penalty um, for Egypt. I think he, he was um, he was carded as doing the fifth penalty, but he never got to take it. And Carragher was making the point that maybe with the two boys missing, Mo should have been the guy who stood up and took that next penalty and um, not left it to the other guy who missed. Thoughts? I think you'd you'd have to not be a glory hunter for that, wouldn't you? Um, and, and be doing something for the good of the team rather than for the good of your market, your branding department. And mm. um, he was absolutely the same way. Manny came up for the fifth one. The boys have set this up to win the Afcon for their nation. So there's an awful lot of this playing into their egos. Yeah. You know, as good as the two lads are. Um, and and I I, ho- I wholeheartedly agree with what you said earlier on, by the way, with Anthony Alanga. You know, they're seasoned professionals and veterans on that pitch. You know, it's mm. And you've a kid going up now. Yes, we're at number seven. And, you know, if you count the goalkeeper, that's eight. And you've only maybe three other outfield players. Three other outfield players, like, where was Varane? Mm. You know what I mean? What about Luke Shaw? You know, like, there was lads there to take that. Um, mm. And they, they all said, no, you know what? We'll let this kid go. Um, and, and I don't like that. I didn't like it in the summer with England. Mm. And I don't like it at United. And I don't like it at Egypt or at, or at Senegal, you know. Mm. And... Good season pros need to be taking the bull by the horns here. Salah had an opportunity to step up and nail that home when they when when the keeper made the four save. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, or when he made the save to get them back into it. Sorry, and and he didn't. You know, and and that's ultimately what cost him. And all of a sudden, you go to a you go where your best player didn't get to take a penalty. That, that's, yeah. that's ludicrous. Yeah. That's it is. It's madness, isn't it? But how many times have we seen it over the years, Darren? Uh, Noel, you know, the, these players with egos, Ronaldo used to love taking the fifth penalty. Even yeah. remember John Terry in the 2008 final, he wanted to be the man to win it for the first time for Chelsea. Pulled up, pulled up his arm, man. Yeah, everything. But I thought, like, I remember playing for Wayside and in penals, we'd always have our penal taker take the third penal. Because that could be the make or break penalty after you know what I mean. If yeah, you're, if you're once, one you're, once you're in the middle of it, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just, again, I think it's an ego thing, and um, yeah. it, it bit him in the arse in the end. And yeah, his good show, good show by Carragher, yeah, all round. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. He's, I gotta say, he's a terrific pundit. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo today became the first person <clears throat> to hit over 400 million followers on Instagram. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Only tops us. <laughs> he ain't beating us on TikTok, baby. <laughs> I say he's murdering us on TikTok. But lads, I'm out of this conversation. I'm not on anything like that. I'm still on Bebo, so you just go ahead. I wonder how many he has on Bebo. Probably millions, I'd say, as well. I, I shared me love with him today. He hasn't got back to me. That's something else, though, isn't it? 400 million followers on Instagram. Every time he posts something on Instagram, that's hitting 400 million people. That's incredible. Like insane, I just thought man. I'd mention it today. It's absolutely insane. How 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 easy though would it be for him, you know, to to push something, no matter what it is. Like even if you're thinking about politically, for him to back a candidate in a race with 400 million, mm. you know, it's a game changer. Mm. It really is. Um, mm. and I don't think we'll see that until he actually steps off the pitch. Yeah. And then we'll see it unfold and what way he'll use the pull that he has, you know? Kind of like what we've seen with Beckham. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. But, a, but at a much better, like, absolutely. crazy level. I don't, I don't know, have you been watching the Netflix? Did you watch the Netflix one on him with, uh, what's it, the Georgia one, is it, or something oh, like that? With the, Yeah. Yeah. It's no, a, I've, seen, I've seen the trailer for it, but um, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't watched any of it. It's supposed to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's mad. Her, her story is so interesting how he, um, he pulled up outside the shop and all. I think she was working in a, a Gucci store or something like that. But he met she was working in the Gucci store when they met. Yeah. She used to get the she used to get the bus to work and he'd pick her up in the Bugatti after yeah. work. Yeah. Ah, yeah. It beats my story I, of meeting Nirvana outside barcode. <laughs> <laughs> Sober. <laughs> yeah. Well, here there's a branding thing for you, know, I'll send there uh, Ronaldo an upper tier mug and he'll stick it on Instagram to four hundred million. Well, yeah, when I send him a two million quid check to go with it, probably with it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Hit us up with those super chats. We need investment. Um, let's touch on Wayne Rooney, lads. The guy who was behind Darren Dare, his um his um Amazon Prime documentary is coming out starting on Friday, um, which will be interesting. But there's some interesting stuff has been coming out on it, and uh, where he spoke about um, you know, he was battling binge drinking and all because of the pressures of his playing career and stuff like that, which is some of this is not stuff that we don't know already. We know what we know what way and he, he's at times he has gone off the rails at times in terms of drinking and food and stuff like that. At times he's been absolutely unbelievable as a footballer. What's going to tell us next? He was shagging grannies. Like, come on, Wayne, give over, will you? Hey, if it's not well, in there, if, it's, if it's not in there, I'd be shocked. <laughs> But listen, it should be it should be a very great it should be a brilliant watch in fairness. Mm. Um because some of this stuff they've done between Netflix and Amazon Prime, they've been really, really good stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. So so don't forget, especially you United fans, check that out Friday night. It should be excellent. He's, um, he's doing a phenomenal job at Derby. Absolutely. Yeah. He no, really, absolutely. really is. You know, as much as we're having a bit of a giggle and stuff like that, I I can only imagine, you know, when you finish our playing career. And and you feel that kind of emptiness. He needed to throw himself into something. And if the reports are to be believed, you know, he's sleeping in the office some nights mm. in a bid to get things the way he wants it. He's watching hours of tape and he wants to be the first in in the morning and he's the last one to leave. And, you know, he's been putting his personal um, wealth into into buying stuff at the club level and stuff like that. Like, that's that's really throwing yourself in. That's pouring yourself into to your job. But you don't do that unless you absolutely love it. 
And maybe he sees this as, you know, not to be cliche about it, but this is his second opportunity of football because football is obviously finished for him with his feet. And yeah. now he has to go and, and, and kind of pit himself in the world of management. And, mm. you know, you've got to say, fair play to him so far. Yeah. He's done a terrific job. I think if he keeps Derby County in the championship this year, he'll get manager the manager of the year in that championship. Absolutely. The only the only headache now, did you see the rumors coming out today? Mike Ashley is interested in buying them. So yeah, yeah. that's the talk going around all right. Yeah, but he's doing a magnificent job. And I suppose his background, of course, being such a street footballer and stuff like that, he he really knows nothing else except football. So it's maybe it's his way of giving back as well. He says, here's a club that's struggling that I can kind of help out. And I know Peter Crouch has been doing one. His documentary's out there, The Beautiful Game or something like that, where he went into a club and trying to help them out and stuff like that. No. So it's really nice to see these guys giving back to the sport as well. And especially, yeah. as you said, I mean, he's putting his hand in his own pocket to keep things going there to flow at times, you know, so... Fair play to him. Hats off to him and stuff like that. Broke my heart a few times, but he bounced well on that. He's doing well at Derby. Um, lads, I wanted to finish off the show tonight with a bit of um, kind of a dedication on the show and stuff like that. As you know, yesterday it was the anniversary of the Munich Air disaster. So I'd like to say just um, all our thoughts are obviously with the families and stuff that were affected by that. I know at this time of year, it must be really, really difficult for them. And also for you guys and the history of your club and stuff like that. So, from myself over here on the upper tier, and obviously for you guys as well, we'd obviously send our, our thoughts and stuff over there to those people who were affected by it and stuff like that. So I said I'd bring it up at the end of the show there, and it's something yeah, I didn't put on the listing that you guys didn't know about, but I wanted to include it because obviously we didn't do a show yesterday, and I thought it'd be appropriate to bring it up and put it out there. That's fair play. You've gone up a little in my estimation there, Hogan. Ah, there you go. You see, you're giving me, you're grilling me all through the show and I just turn it around. Curveball. Tell you, from heel to face, just like that. <laughs> One chair shot. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, not all bad. Listen, no. lads, pleasure having you on as always for the Monday mashup. Um, always some good topics to talk about as well as some difficult ones. Um, should be interesting. Massive games coming up this week. An absolute festival of football coming up this week in the Premier League. From tomorrow night all the way through nearly till Sunday, there's going to be some interesting twists and turns and positions in the league and also in results. So we will wait with bated breath to see what happens. Mark, pleasure as always. Darren, as nice. always, great to have you on. Leave your comments down below. Let us know what you think. Give us your predictions for the Premier League. Uh, matches coming up as always and if you want to head over to the channel drop a subscribe hit the bell notification and you can also check out myself and Darren have just dropped a Premier League preview for the midweek where we'll be back later in the week where we will review the results we'll give you a Premier League preview for the weekend and we'll be back with Beat the Bookie Mark will be studying the form no doubt anytime scorer and the man and me and Darren will just continue to go from worse to worse where we just can't get it right. But we will land one. There's no doubt about it. And, and don't forget as well, folks, the new recording of Darren's unpopular opinion. Yes, absolutely. Premier next week. <laughs> absolutely. We shall see what happens. Lads, pleasure as always. Cheers. Cheers, lads. <laughs>